Welcome to another episode of Plot Conversations from Thrombosis Canada. I'm David Airdrie, Executive Director, and I'm joined today by Jamil Abdul-Rahman, a hematologist from Toronto General Hospital, and Dr. Maha Othman from Queen's University. We're here to provide you with updates on diagnosis and management of thrombosis, featuring interviews with authors of recent research publications. Today's episode takes a different track than previous episodes as we're recording this at the ISTH 2022 meeting in London on Sunday, July 10th. This afternoon, I went to the oral communication sessions uh, on predicting recurrence, and there are a lot of good talks, two of the ones I really enjoyed. Uh, one was presented by Dr. Yan Zhu. So this was uh, serial D-dimers after anticoagulant cessation in unprovoked venous thromboembolism, data from the reverse cohort study. And another good one I enjoyed uh, was by Dr. Sabine Eichinger, and this was management of patients with unprovoked venous thromboembolism and the lowest of recurrence with the Vienna prediction model, a prospective cohort study. So, so two presentations attracted my attention today at the oral uh, uh, session on cancer-associated thrombosis. Mm -hmm. The first one was looking in colorectal cancer, assessing the, um, the incidence of thrombosis, VTE versus ATE, but also looking at the comorbidities that increase the risk in each. And I right. thought this is cool mm -hmm. because we tend to look at VTE and we, rarely or very little mm -hmm. we look at the incidence of ATE and yeah. the risk associated with it in terms of comorbidities. In fact, our presentation from our group was also looking in ovarian cancer, pretty much doing the same thing, but on a retrospective study okay. and a large database uh, in Vancouver, BC in Canada. And we separated the assessment, the instance of thrombosis uh, in VTE versus ATE. And we found that the comorbidities that increase the risk of each are different. Yeah, this is an ovarian cancer patient. Ovarian cancer. Yes. So it was interesting to see that people are looking at this. This was a Dutch, the colorectal cancer was in okay. Dutch population. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that other people around the world are thinking the same mm -hmm. thing. And where ours was only preliminary study, yeah. but we are going to include, uh, to, yeah. to look more and dissect more. And I think the message, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jamil, I, I think the message here is, are we assessing VTEs? Are we considering VTEs or just VTEs? Mm -hmm. And overall, yes, you can assess the risk of thrombosis, which is great. But yeah. I think what we found is if you dissect them and assess separately, you may get different risk factors. Yeah. So we found, for example, in ovarian cancer that uh, sepsis was uh, a risk factor in both okay. across the board. However, we found um, some really different ones on the ATE versus VTE. Right. So the message here is if you separate them, you, uh, if you don't separate them, you may miss out on some of the risk factor. And this is important for individualization of mm -hmm. therapy as well or assessment of risk, yeah. at least. Yeah. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, I think the, we're getting more and more information that cancer increases the risk of arterial thrombosis as well as venous thrombosis. I think we have a lot of good data on how we should treat the VTE in cancer. Right but we're definitely lacking in how we should treat these arterial thrombosis and cancer, right? The young patient with cancer, which is stroke, should we treat them the way the same as if they had non-cancer or should we treat them differently because they have cancer? So I think it's definitely a very interesting right, area. Right. Yeah. And what did you see? Yeah. Today? So a few studies or a few, I went to the oral sessions with uh, risk of recurrence, a couple interesting things I thought. Uh, so one was uh, looking at the, um, 
the reverse study. This was uh, Dr. Yan Zhu out of Ottawa, and they're looking at data from the reverse cohort. Uh, so the initial reverse cohort uh, was back in 2008. They looked at patients with unprovoked VTE. You check a D-dimer while they're on anticoagulation, uh, and you do the score, the HER2DO score, and if that's low, you stop anticoagulation, and they found a low risk of recurrence. They validated the score in another study published 2017, but more recently they looked at what if they check D-dimer serially. So after stopping anticoagulation, check D-dimer one month after. And that was also helpful in finding a low risk of recurrence. Uh, this only worked in women, did not work in men. Uh, so it's similar to the findings of the Dodd study uh, by Clive Kieran in 2019, um, which showed similar idea that if you stop anticoagulation and unprovoked, D-dimer is low one month after, the risk of recurrence is low. And again, this only worked in women. Why right. it doesn't work in men? No idea. <laughs> but, you know what, Jamil? This yeah. is very interesting. And I have things to mm -hmm. add to this yes, or ask you. Yes. <laughs> so two things, actually, I picked yeah. from what you said. Mm -hmm. First of all, the gender difference mm -hmm. is a big one. And yes. In fact, in that session, there was also another study looking yes. at sex difference. Yes, the, the Vienna score, right? right. With Dr. Eichinger? No, in the session that I attended oh, you were right. okay, earlier. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they were interested and they found some difference in, in, in the risk. Yeah. And this uh, is cancer or outside of cancer? Cancer. Okay, in cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cancer associated thrombosis. Yeah. And the other thing is D-dimer. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure you know that mm -hmm. the, uh, the methods of assay of yeah. D-dimer. Yes. Very important. <laughs> and Indeed. I know ISTH has put some guidelines yeah. and recommendation. However, I think there is still limitation or maybe lack of awareness, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. among physicians or specialists even about yeah. the units for assessment yes. of D-dimer, yes. not just the methods of assay. Indeed. And I think this creates some confusion mm -hmm. and make the comparison of data in yes. literature very difficult. Indeed, Do you agree? Yeah. Uh, agreed, yeah. Because I think the, the reverse group, uh, they had looked at if they redo it with different uh, assays. If I recall correctly, I think they used the um, Vitus, I think. Uh, and they retried it with different assays and it was not as reliable mm -hmm. uh, with other assays. So, yeah, I think definitely that's something that uh, practitioners should be more aware of. You know, what the cutoff right. is and what... Uh, which, um, which, which method and yeah, which, which unit? Are they using? Exactly. Because the FFU unit yeah. is different than yes. uh, the D-dimer unit. And uh, I think we, yeah, we should all yeah. be aware when we're assessing the levels. Definitely, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that there's more and more studies looking at D-dimer to predict recurrence. Uh, like the other study that was uh, by Dr. Eichinger, and that was looking at the Vienna score. So it was a validation of their score, um, which they published a while ago. Uh, and similar idea, they checked D-dimer. Uh, other things to check uh, gender and is it proximal or distal? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the whole, mm -hmm. whole score. Yeah. Uh, but it also seems quite good at predicting low risk of recurrence. Right. So it's interesting that more and more scores, and now in cancer too, are using D-dimer to help predict recurrence. So right. it's definitely becoming a more useful tool. But you're right, it's definitely important to know the units, yeah. the, the assay, uh, because what we see in one study might not translate to your specific center where you're right. practicing. And I think COVID-19 has taught yeah. us a lot about D-dimer, <laughs> yes, and indeed. we should know and do better with yeah. D-dimer assay now that we've lived two, three yes. years doing this to assess yes. patients with COVID. So yes. probably applying it to other uh, disciplines, yeah. we should do better. Definitely. Yeah, I think a lot more people outside of, you know, hematology and thrombosis are a lot more aware of D-dimer right. now because of COVID and seeing, okay, does this predict for worsening outcomes? Right. And should this person get more, you know, anticoagulation? But yeah. Right. And then, as you said, the sixth difference is mm -hmm. important yeah. as well. And I think we should probably start looking carefully mm -hmm. on probably everything. Yes. Just look in the female mm -hmm. and assess it differently yeah. than male so yeah. that we don't miss out on things. Yeah.
it's nice having more tools, you know, the Dash, the Vienna, the, the Herdu 2, the Dodds, that clinicians have at their disposal to help differentiate who's high risk, who's low risk, who can we stop, who can we not stop. Right. Um, so that's always nice, yeah. No, I fully agree. Yeah. And uh, this is very good. Thank you so much for, thank you for, thank for, you for sharing us. what you uh, have seen today. So this, thank you for joining us and listening to this special episode of Clot Conversations from Thrombosis Canada. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions on the podcast. If you have any recommendations for future podcasts, please send them to us at info at thrombosiscanada.ca. Please subscribe so that you are notified about the release of new episodes. And don't forget to check out our website for education programs, clinical tools, and guides. Also, please consider donating to Thrombosis Canada to support our ongoing efforts to reduce morbidity and mortality due to thrombosis. Have a great day.